Hey girl, hey, what's up? Welcome back to the Wife Like Me podcast. It's so fun to spend this time with you. My name is Amanda Davison and I'm the founder of A Wife Like Me. And we are here to equip and encourage and support you because we are on the journey with you. So we are just hoping and praying that what you hear through the Wife Like Me podcast is encouraging. We're pumped to bring you all of these incredible speakers and today is no different. Today we're hearing from Michelle Nieder. She's a professional counselor. She's amazing. She's a writer, speaker, blogger. She's over at michellenieder.com. We will link her in the show notes. But she is sharing today on a very common topic that she deals with in her counseling office, which many of us have dealt with ourselves and many of us don't even know what to say to our friends or family members when they are sharing this topic with us, which is what to do and how to be happy in an unhappy season of marriage. Is that even possible? What does it look like? So Michelle walks us through it. I'm telling you, it's encouraging. It's uplifting. And I I wish every single one of us around the globe could hear what she's about to share. Thank you for listening. Let's dive into what Michelle shares. And then I will share at the end. Michelle Niedert, and I have been a marriage counselor sitting in the counseling office for over 20 years, working with wives without their husbands present very often. Because sometimes it's hard if you're going through a very unhappy season of your marriage to get both of you in counseling. Sometimes only one of you is willing to change. So today I want to talk about how to be a happy wife in an unhappy season of marriage. And I want to start out this um, time together with a disclaimer. And this is something that's so hard for me to talk to women about when I'm sitting face to face across from them. But this topic is not for you. If you are experiencing addiction in your marriage, if you are experiencing abuse in your marriage, whether it's physical abuse or verbal abuse, where you're being name called and told you're stupid, you can't do anything right. And you're always being accused of control, but really and truly people around you believe the other person is the one who's controlling and that you, you have a healthy circle where you validated that. And I think I want to start out by giving you a reference. You're going to get several resources for me. And one is Leslie Vernick. If those are some struggles you have in those areas, first of all, I would really encourage you to seek either professional pastoral counseling at your local church or to work um, on reaching out to a Christian counselor in your area, because this is a very hard decision to make and real changes need to occur and you need to work with boundaries. But what I want to talk to you about today is this, this podcast is not for that woman. This podcast is for all of us who have been in a marriage where we have gone through a season of just rough. And a lot of times it's caused by one of us having a struggle For example, I will tell you one of the hardest times in my marriage was when my husband's dad died. Um, He went, we went through a lot of grief and a lot of difficulty. And it was just a really rough time because my husband does not like to talk about his emotions and do his emotions well. And so the emotion that comes out when you stuff all that sometimes is anger. And so it was a really difficult season of our marriage 
but I quickly realized I didn't want to be miserable the whole year. It takes about a year as a professional counselor, I know two and two, to really fully grieve the loss of a significant person in our lives who's no longer with us. And so with that, I didn't want to spend all that time being miserable. So I began to figure out ways to continue to be happy, um, even in the midst of our marital struggles. And the first one is to learn to not be a mirror of your spouse, especially emotionally. And I talk about two things in the office. First, being in a mirror where we reflect the emotions of our spouse. You know, I believe God designed us to feel our own feelings and not to, to have empathy for others but not to constantly be reflections of those. And I believe that's a term where we hold on to ourselves. So we have to know who we are in Christ. We have to have the sense that I'm created. I am loved even if my spouse isn't loving me well right now. I'm lovable even if my spouse isn't doing that. And that is based on our scriptural identity in Christ that comes from scriptures like Romans and concepts like that. And if you want a great resource for that, the resources we recommend in our office would include Tired of Trying to Measure Up by Jeff Van Vonderen, The Search for Significance by Robert McGee, and June Hunt has a lovely devotional on this very subject of who you are in Christ as well. So knowing who you are and whose you are, and actually that's why my co-author Lynn Cow and I wrote the book Loved and Cherished, because we want young girls to understand this. So when they enter romantic relationships, they can hold on to themselves. That's the first step into holding on to ourselves and not being a mirror. That also works for not being an emotional sponge. This is something I really have to work on. As a counselor, I have a natural high dose of the spiritual gift of mercy. I can feel feelings in a room. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't, don't worry about this one. This one's not for you. But you can feel feelings in the room and it is it is hard not to absorb them. But I have learned, as scripture talks about, to guard my heart because out of it is the springs, the wellsprings of life. So to learn to guard my heart and not emotionally absorb the feelings of my husband and my kids as well. Super helpful. And you have to learn to practice this. And part of that is learning to emotionally self-regulate, which is a podcast in and of itself. But it's learning to think thoughts in your head and do things with your body to process emotions well, especially the ones like sadness, fear, and anger, so that we can let them go quickly. In fact, the research says, just to let you know, that it only takes about 90 seconds. I'm going to go and give you this tip to process an emotion. Basically, we've got to name the emotion identify where we feel it in our body, and then we need to make a sound or a movement to begin to shake that motion off or let it go. And I know some of y'all are thinking, what on earth a wackadoodle, you know, gesture do I need to do to get to, to let go of an emotion? My favorite way to let go of my emotions and my family knows when I am doing so is to sigh. You will hear a oh, and that means that I have felt stress or frustration or something like that. I have thought about where what I'm feeling. I've figured out where it is in my body. And I've made the intentional choice to breathe in the love of God and the peace of God and the joy of God and to breathe out whatever I'm feeling that I don't need to hold on to because a lot of times it's not even my emotion. Okay, so that's the first step to being a happy wife in an unhappy season of marriage. The second step is kind of a little bit of a tightrope. And we talk about this in the office because we can't go too extreme on this. But 
another aspect of this is if your partner is really struggling or you're really struggling to involve some time away from each other. I remember during the time when my husband was grieving his father, he said to me, are you really going out with your friends again today? And I said, yes, I am because you are miserable and you don't care if I'm around. My husband is a high introvert who loves to be in a cave. And the way he works through his emotions is by distraction, which is a very healthy way to deal with emotions. And then he processes them internally. I process my emotions externally. So that's why it's good he's not an emotional sponge because he doesn't absorb them even when I'm feeling them all and expressing them all. But I told him, I love fun. And right now you're not very fun. And so I am going to be spending more time with my friends who are fun until you begin processing this grief that you're feeling. And he was like, you know, you're probably right because... Just being, having you around sometime is irritating me these days. And that doesn't mean that we don't love each other. That doesn't mean that we're not committed to each other. When a marriage is really secure, when there's real attachment, when there's real 1 Corinthians 13, that love is patient, love is kind, it keeps no record of wrongs. The tough stuff going on, you know, the stuff we read at marriage ceremonies, but to live out takes a tremendous dose of the Holy Spirit to do. When you've got that secure attachment, nobody's anxious if somebody's not around the other person, then we can spend some, get some distance, spend some time apart and still feel good about our relationship. And I think it's important. I'm just going to say this in case there's someone who has not been taught this wisdom before. Now, when you look at the research on divorce proof, your marriage and books like that, you do need to protect your marriage. I am not going out um, with other dads in my neighborhood or a coworker who is struggling in his own marriage or someone like that. I'm not talking to them. I am going out with girlfriends who are life-giving to me, who are supportive of my marriage. We're doing things like going to movies, going to our favorite restaurant, walking around a shopping center, attending a museum exhibit that my husband wouldn't be interested in. Uh, one of my favorite things to do, one of my girlfriends came over this weekend um, and we just kind of hung out. I was still in my pajamas and we hung out and kind of like shot TV and Netflix together um, to pick out shows we we're going to watch. And it just reminded us of the days when we were both single and just kind of hung out together. My family happened to be gone that day. And so it was just a day for us to hang out together. And let me say this, in order to be a really happy wife in an unhappy season of marriage, you need to have quality friends. You need to have quality friendships to support you guys through those tough times. Another tough time for that for me was um, when we all had another death in the family, we lost my husband's twin sister. Now, in that case, I was the unhappy person in the marriage. So I want to also say that if you're truly going to be an, a happy wife in an unhappy season of marriage, that if you're struggling, maybe you're having some postpartum depression, maybe you're where I am right now and you've got menopause going on um, and you need to address some things physically, like I'm working on vitamin D because vitamin D is um, related to a hormone, really. It's really not really a vitamin. It's more of a hormone and it really affects our depression levels. In fact, most doctors today are checking for that in annual visits. And if yours is not, I really encourage you to ask your doctor about that. But I'm working on certain things, just hormones and everything else to manage my own body chemistry well. So part of being a happy spouse in an unhappy season of marriage, too, is to make sure you're doing what you need to do if you're the one who's struggling to take care of yourself. 
You're getting the counseling you need. You're joining a women's Bible study for extra support. You're doing those things that brighten your day and make you better. For me, sometimes those are hot baths when I'm really stressed. It is a good conversation. And sometimes I know this sounds crazy, but I love all things Paris. So for me, last night was rough, but I had to drive a kid around and I didn't have, you know, those days where you have to get somebody somewhere and it doesn't make sense to go all the way home. I had one of those nights. So I found this amazing coffee bar and didn't even spend a lot of money and just kind of nibbled on half a dessert and a really nice warm drink and really just enjoyed that time together by myself. And I know that sounds crazy to say together by myself, but sometimes I feel the presence of God so much in moments like that. I'm grateful that God gave me a real long season of singleness now because I am comfortable. I worked on that in my 20s, being alone somewhere, but not being alone because God is always with me. And I want to remind you of that because if you're truly going to be a happy wife in an unhappy season of marriage, you're going to need to practice the presence of God to really experience him so that you can truly hold on to the joy of the Lord. As scripture talks about the joy of the Lord being our strength, even in the midst of a really difficult time. And part of that is also holding on to hope. And the hope is, and I do believe hope is first in a person who is working in our marriage. So we're holding on to the hope of God. It's a very important part of mental health treatment is to think hopeful thoughts. And we work on hopeful scriptures and everything else in our office. But here's the thing. I have a lot of women even who read their Bible every morning, but that's the last time they think a hopeful thought. That's not going to get you through the days of unhappy seasons of your marriage, especially if you're like now and you're in the middle of a situation where we are, where we're both working from home most days together. You're going to need to figure out a way to create a rhythm and a routine of constant reminders of the joy of the Lord being your strength and your peace and everything else you need so that you can make it through the day. I use doorways. I, when I walk through a doorway, I remind myself of like who I want to be in this moment, what my purpose is. It's different when I walk in my office than when I walk in my bedroom, than when I walk sometimes in the bathroom to take that hot bath to when I leave the house to go have fun with a friend or my own spouse. And also when I have am in a car with a child, I even use the door of opening and closing there. Sometimes theirs, if I'm in a pickup line to really work on what do I want to bring to this moment and to be intentional about what I'm thinking so I can create the feeling I want to feel. So you may hear me talk about this more than once if you've ever listened to me before, but it's just such an important idea is what do you want to feel? If you want to feel joy and happiness, then you need to think joy and happy, joyful and happiness thoughts. Now I want to tell you, it's easier for some of us than others. And what I mean by that is that if you haven't ever looked at the happiness research, I would encourage you to do so. We all are born with a happiness set point, but here's the good news. That only makes up about half of our happiness or our joy. The rest of it is determined by how we live, the choices we make. So there's a genetic set point, then there's our circumstances, and then there's our intentional activities that we choose to do. Your life choices have a lot to do with how you're going to feel. So I really want you to begin to think about that. What life choices could you make to bring more joy, 
more happiness in your life and not look to any other human being beside, you know, for that joy. If you're going to look to anyone, look to God for that. So a lot of times it's making sure that your spouse is not an idol. He is not the source of your happiness and he is not your interactions with him. Don't determine, determine how you feel all the time. They determine how you feel in that moment. You two are interacting. So I really want you to think about that. Also, some other ways to infuse more happiness into your life is to celebrate you in your life. Really think about that. I love this particular idea because everyone on the Wife Like Me podcast team knows this about me. I love a good celebration. And I look for ways to do that almost every day. I look for ways to celebrate the people in my life, my assistants, um, the clients I'm working with and the progress they're making, uh, my children and the things they're developing and accomplishing. My husband, I celebrated this week that he was able to patch something that broke in our house after a bad winter storm. Um, that would have cost us a lot of money. And I was even thinking about how do we really celebrate that? Um, Also, don't forget to celebrate your own accomplishments and achievements. I do that sometimes even if no one else is doing it. I will talk to a friend about what's going well in my life. I have a best friend who is my sister, which is a lot of times very unusual. She actually happens to work in the same industry I do. Her name is Melissa Spolstra. You may have heard her on the Proverbs 31 First Five app. She's also a Bible study writer. And we talk almost every day. And we don't just in the morning talk about our trials. We also talk about our triumphs and we celebrate those things. And it is so helpful to have somebody in your life like that who just, we know each other. I mean, we know everything almost about each other and, and we love each other and we love the people we love as well, even when we're kind of irritated about the way they're treating one of us. So here's the biggest part of happiness in an unhappy season of marriage. It kind of comes down to that serenity prayer, which you've probably heard a bunch, but it's a good reminder. And that is you look at what you can control and you let go of what you can't. And you begin to turn to God and the Holy Spirit to put that pressure on your husband to make changes in your life. All right. So let's think about this, because if you were in my office and I were talking with you, Having good ideas and good concepts and good resource is never the end of this discussion because we have a sign in our office. And if you listen to me very much, you're going to hear this a lot too. It's the other six days, 23 hours, because an hour of therapy changes very little if that's the only time you spend working on that change. It's the other six days, 23 hours that makes the biggest difference. So I want you to begin to think about this concept and what you can think about to make yourself more happier, who you can hang out with in times where your marriage is going to have struggles that will bring you joy, give you distance from your spouse. And, and let me say this really nicely. If your spouse is too insecure for you to have any distance in that relationship at all, and you are the only person in your spouse's life, that is something I really encourage you to pray about, seek out help from the church from. You're not meant to be his idol either. And I would not sit in a place of being an idol in a marriage. I make a horrible idol. <laughs> if you know me very well, you would know that. But but you probably would too. And that's too much pressure for anyone being to be under. It's too much pressure for our kids to be our lives. And it's way too much pressure for us to be our husband's life. So 
you know, talk to him about these things. Talk to him about in good seasons, about really developing yourselves well and having other activities and pleasures and things in your life. My husband loves to fish. Now he's not, he's an introvert. So he, he's not going to replace the idol of depending on me and looking to me for all his joy and happiness um, with um, another person. But he does go out with his brother sometimes. And sometimes I'm like, you guys need a boys night out, which really means you need to spend time around some other people or his mother or just someone else in his life. My husband's kind of in that introverted stage and the people he's chosen to be the close to are family members. I have a son who's made very similar to that. Are you taking care of your own self, your own health physically that leads to mental health to make sure you can be happy? And are you doing things that bring you joy, give you pleasure? If you have never made a list of 10 things you can do without depending on anyone else that makes you happy, I dare you to do that after you listen to this podcast. And even better, let us know in the reviews or in the comments where this is posted or in the Wife Like Me Facebook group, what do you do to bring you joy even when the mood around you isn't that great? And I want to end with one last thing. If you're one of those women who struggles with an unhappy season of her marriage because there is severe addiction, abuse, infidelity going on, I dare you today, I pray for you today to tell somebody, break your shame and get some help. I have women who come out, come to me, who've been married five years and they thought they had the perfect marriage and they're scared to tell anybody. I have women who have been married 35 years and he started using a substance he's never used before in the last five. And it's changing his brain. It's changing who he is. It's changing the way he treats her. She comes in and it takes a lot of courage to make that call to me and then to talk to me. And she says, I can't live like this. And I say, you're right. Now let's work with God to figure out what that looks like and what that means for you. All right. Hopefully this was helpful for you. Um, Feel free to reach out to me. I am all over social media. I am your mental health coach, Michelle Niedert. And my name is spelled N-I-E, T as in Tom, E-R-T as in Tom. I have a website, yourmentalhealthcoach.com. I love to hear from you. And more than anything else, I love to see women learn to thrive in that season of marriage that's unhappy, knowing that it's not going to last forever. Our unhappy season didn't, and yours doesn't have to either. You know, what Michelle shared is so good and so healthy. Typically, we're not even taught these things. Even as she was talking, I was thinking about with my kids, you know, I forget, oh, I shouldn't be mirroring their feelings. I shouldn't be a sponge and absorbing what they're feeling. Oh, that's correct. And you know, it's it's helpful mental health. And I'm just thankful, Michelle, for you sharing all of that with us. Again, this is helpful regardless of the season, but especially when we're frustrated in our marriage. And I don't know about you, but when I've been in these seasons of a hard season in marriage, it's like that's the only thing I can think about. And so these reminders are so good because it it just reminds us where our hope is, how to stay healthy ourselves, and what we can do about it. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Michelle. Again, you can find Michelle and and her resource, all of her blog posts, everything she does, she speaks, she writes over there um, at michelleneeter.com. That's N-I-E-T. 
T-E-R-T. We'll link her in the show notes. And again, her and Lynn Cowell have loved and cherished a book for tween girls. Go check it out. It's awesome. Our daughter has it. She loves it. Um, But so, so good for them. So anyway, thank you for being with us today, friends. Hey, if you need a community to grow with, if you want to get into God's word, if you want courses and date nights and dinner plans and good community who will hold you accountable, we have designed the A Wife Like Me Collective for you. We are over there. We are waiting for you. Simply head over to collective.awifelikeme.com and sign up and we'll see you over there. Friends, thank you so much for listening. Share this with a friend. Please leave a review so that friends can find this and we will see you next week.